Welcome to GovInnovator. I'm Andy Feldman. This is part two of our health series on Mexico's nationwide tax on sugar-sweetened beverages, in other words, a soda tax. In part one, last week, I spoke with Tina Rosenberg about how the tax came about. Today, we turn to a different angle on the topic, which is the effect of the tax on soda consumption. Our guest is Professor Barry Popkin of the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Here's a clip. What they bought to replace the soft drink was equally as important. They increased significantly their purchases of water, bottled water. So they essentially purchased the most, one of the most healthy beverages you could to replace one of the least healthy uh, that exists. Can a tax on sugary drinks reduce consumption and therefore fight obesity? The nation of Mexico, which has similarly high rates of obesity as the U.S., is putting that question to the test. In 2013, Mexican lawmakers passed an excise tax on sugary drinks of one peso per liter, or about eight cents, as well as a tax on junk food. A study published last month in the BMJ, the British Medical Journal, examines the effects on purchases of beverages in Mexico one year after implementation of the tax. To learn more, we're joined by phone by one of the article's co-authors, Barry Popkin. He's a distinguished professor of nutrition at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill's School of Public Health. Professor Popkin, thanks for being with us. My pleasure. I want to start off with a basic question, which is from a public health lens, why is studying this tax important in terms of implications for U.S. health policy? Okay. The real issue is that we are one of the highest consumers of added sugar in the world. And we know that it has a significant impact on our health. It affects our risks of cardiovascular disease, diabetes, hypertension, and a number of cancers. So all the major organizations in the world, the World Health Organization, the United Kingdom, the U.S. Dietary Guidelines, are all pushing very hard to reduce added sugar in our diet. Soft drinks have two ways that they affect us adversely. We don't actually get full when we drink a soft drink, so it doesn't cut our food intake. So they add to calories, plus they add all this extra sugar. Your team is studying the effect of the Mexican soda tax. One more question of background. Where else are there other nationwide taxes like that? We have four countries now that have passed serious taxes for public health purposes and around eight or ten considering much larger taxes. So Chile has essentially an 8% tax on soft drinks that started in uh, a year ago. France has approximately the same size tax as Mexico. Uh, and Hungary passed a large tax on, uh, on similar tax on junk food. So it's a beginning. And the next wave of countries, including the United Kingdom, which is very close to passing a tax, uh, are considering 20 to 30 percent level taxes on sugary beverages or other unhealthy foods. So it, it will happen. We will see by the end of the year other countries passing taxes and we will see a large number of communities in the U.S. trying to do this again. And I want to loop back to the U.S. at the end of our interview, but tell us about your study of the Mexican soda tax. What were the data that you used? So our study is actually quite complex and has many approaches, but what you saw in the British Medical Journal article was using commercial data where the companies have a nationally representative sample of households 
So it's a longitudinal panel. So it's a panel that stays for a number of years. As people are replaced, they replace them with others to keep it nationally representative. So it allows us to look at how households change their purchases over time with different changes such as this tax. So your study looks at the effects during the first year after implementation. What were the main findings? Well, probably the most important finding is that the size of the tax was approximately 10%. And over the whole year, for all income groups, we got only a 6% decline in sugary beverages. But by the end of the year, that reached 12%. So essentially, just what we had expected from kind of studies beforehand on how people in Mexico reacted to price changes. More importantly, low-income Mexicans, which share the biggest burden of diabetes and obesity, had an average 9% decline in sugary beverage consumption and a decline of 17% by December of the first year of the tax. But what they bought to replace the soft drink was equally as important. They increased significantly their purchases of water, bottled water. So they essentially purchased the most, one of the most healthy beverages you could to replace one of the least healthy uh, that exists. So the Mexican tax is kind of what we think of as a proof of concept, that it will work. It will change people's behavior. Now, every country will have different substitutes. In the U.S., instead of drinking soft drinks, people may shift to coffee or tea or other healthy beverages, or they could shift to less healthy beverages like fruit juice. We don't know until we have the tax and we study the effects. You just mentioned the effects on lower-income families. One concern with a tax like this is that it can be regressive. In other words, it hits lower-income families harder. How do you think about that issue? Well, that issue is interesting because if you look at the revenue from the taxes, high-income pay most of it because they want to keep consuming the beverage and they can afford it. The low-income population with the highest untreated diabetes, the highest obesity, they actually pay less of the tax because they cut their beverages more because they're more sensitive to prices. So in a sense, it is not regressive in that the tax payments come more from the rich than the poor. So it depends on how you look at it. If you look at the impact on reducing consumption, it's regressive and affecting the poor more, but it's also reducing their diabetes and their cost of health care and other things so that in, in many ways it's very progressive depending on how you want to look at it. And am I right, we don't know anything about the effects on health outcomes yet? No, no, this is a small tax. The Mexican Senate wanted a 20% tax, as did the consumer advocacy groups, and this conservative president ended up saying, okay, I'll accept a 10% for now. It is not big enough to make a short, immediate impact. It will take several years to find a real health impact. We need larger taxes, and I suspect in time the Mexican government will increase the size of this tax. You're also part of a research team looking at the Berkeley, California soda tax passed by voters in November 2014. That's obviously a local tax. We'd expect a smaller effect than a nationwide tax like in Mexico since people can go out of Berkeley to avoid the tax. But tell us a bit about your early findings there. We're doing a very complex evaluation of Berkeley, including studying sales at retailers in Berkeley and in all the neighboring communities, Oakland, Richmond, and so forth, where 
consumers might go, San Francisco and such. We don't think people are shifting from what we've initially seen as much as we thought they would because it's only a small piece of what people buy. If you happen to consume 10 Cokes a day, you might very well go to a, a Walmart or a, a something in another city, but it hasn't happened much, we don't think. The issue, of course, is that we prefer to have a national tax so that you can't have, like you did with cigarettes, where people would smuggle in cigarettes from North Carolina to New York until they were caught. And that happens when you have high taxes on a product that's somewhat addictive, like cigarettes or, or soft drinks. However, because of the failure to tax at the national level, I expect that we will see a number of cities, counties, and states in this country consider again this year, and probably by the end of 2016, we'll have several more counties or, or large cities that will have instituted tax. And if Berkeley is any guide, probably you will see a positive effect. I should add, for cigarette taxes, it took six or ten different states to tax at the state level before the federal government ever considered doing the tax. So I think that that will happen in this country, that we will see more and more states and counties doing it. We'll see more high-income countries as well as low-income countries institute these taxes. And I think it's a positive step forward for public health. Barry Popkin, thanks to you and to your research team for useful insights, and thanks for being with us. It's my pleasure.